Hello and welcome to Reliance's podcast. We hope that the message encourages your heart today. If you'd like to join us in person, we meet weekly on Sunday mornings at 8, 9.30, or 11 o'clock a.m. And if you want to find out more about Reliance, come check us out online. So today we'll be talking about holiness. Aaron started this series just calling it Kingdom Come back on Palm Sunday. And I was just struck by this thing of like, you know, when we pray and we say, God, have your way in me, make me holy here as it is in heaven, do you realize that you invite a holy invasion? Like he's coming to make war against all the wickedness, and he will win. And so let's go, Psalm 45. My heart is stirred by a noble theme as I recite my verses for the king. My tongue is the pen of a skillful writer. And I just love how this thing starts off, heart set on Jesus. My heart is moved by him. Is he holy? Absolutely he's holy. Has he made you and I holy? Absolutely. So my heart is stirred, I'm moved, I'm dwelling on this most excellent one. Verse 2, you are the most excellent of men. And your lips have anointed, have been anointed with grace since God has blessed you forever. Now gird your sword on your side, you mighty one, and clothe yourself with splendor and majesty. We're going to keep coming back to those words, splendor and majesty. But notice that, notice how I said there's a holy invasion coming. He's coming to make war against wickedness. Look at that. He's got a sword right there. In your majesty, ride forth victoriously in the cause of truth, humility, and justice. And let your right hand achieve awesome deeds. Let your sharp arrows pierce the hearts of the king's enemies. And let nations fall beneath your feet. Your throne, O God, will last forever and ever. A scepter of justice will be the scepter of your kingdom. For you love righteousness and hate wickedness. Therefore, God, your God, has set you above the companions by anointing you with the oil of joy. Now, hear the intimacy in this verse. Now, all of this is about Jesus here. All of your robes are fragrant with myrrh and aloes and acacia from palaces adorned with ivory and the music of strings makes you glad. Imagine, I just love that word. All your robes are fragrant. Like the closeness. You got to be close to somebody to know what they smell like, right? You got to have your face in their chest to know what they're, right? Smelling right? Daughters of kings are among your honored women. At your right hand is the royal bride in gold of Ophir. So all of this, describing Jesus when he returns, because he's going to return. His triumphal re-entry to take us home, he's coming for a spotless and pure bride. And this author is just so moved by the thought of seeing this most excellent one of men. And I want to tell you, this is what it's like to dwell on holiness. Because no one gets more holy than Jesus, right? And to actually want it and to, to ponder it and to be moved by it and to long for it, that's a good sign in your heart. That means he's redeemed your heart. That means you've got, his holiness has been put on you. And you eagerly long for and await and expect and look for his return. And you will actually eagerly surrender and to submit to his return. And, and not, not just that, but his whole way of life. And guess what his way of life looks like? It's a holy lifestyle. <laughs> okay, and this is the tension that we feel when we're like, man... 
for me, this word holy, in my head, I would hear this growing up, and I would, there was, I don't know if I would say it like this, but now I feel like I can see it. Some people would start talking about being holy. Jesus was going to say, hey, be holy, for I'm holy. I'm inviting you to be holy. And there would be immediate intimidation in my heart. You know what I'm talking about? Anybody ever felt that way? Like, I know who I am. Like, I don't know. How, how can I be holy? Because, and, and, and I, part of the reason I think I was intimidated too, because I think I interpreted that as a holy lifestyle. I equated that with like chores. Do you ever do that? It's like, oh, Jesus just wants me to be good and take care of the things that I need to take care of. But that's not what holiness is. Do you know that when he made us, this is something I always share. He made us in his image. Let us make mankind like us. So therefore, we were created for holiness, for splendor and majesty because we're a reflection of him. Like when he looks at us, he sees his most dear, special possession. And then something was lost, right? We were deceived. We got pride welling up in us, and we were like, you know what? We think we're going to try our own version of holiness. We think we're going to, we think we could do this. And that, that relationship, that holy union became shattered. It was tragedy. But praise Jesus, he came to restore that. Amen? And he's coming again. So I just want, when you say, God, when you, when you invite him, make me holy, you invite him to, to wage war against your soul. All of your sin. And let me just be honest with you here. He's brutal and he's thorough and it's painful, but it's not cruel. It's not cruel. Because he's making you how he intended you. And maybe you're sitting right in the middle of the surgery right now and you're like, I don't understand what's going on. But he's not cruel. He's not toying with your heart. He's got big plans, big purpose for you, which requires you to live holy. So you see, holiness is a big deal to Jesus because it is now the fiber, the very fiber of our being. As born-again Christians, born-again believers, we are a new creation, right? Does the Bible not tell us that? So every single fiber of our being is, is being redeemed. It's being made new. And we get our whole life long to figure that out, to live in that, to live in that tension. And I don't know why, but the Lord has just deemed it best to take, to take a whole lifetime to build a person. And so if you're like, right now, I'm 27 years old, I don't have things figured out, not even close. If you're 50 and you're like, man, I, I still don't, it's okay, he's building you, and he's gonna build you and build you and build you until you check out and to go be with him. So don't be discouraged about where you are because there's more of him to be had every day. And this is the joy of life. This is the joy of holiness. Now look at this. Let's, let's read on. So we've been reading about Jesus, this mighty king. This psalm is going to switch now to the bride. Who's the bride? That's us. Okay. Listen, daughter, and pay careful attention. Forget your people and your father's house. Forget the ways of this world. Forget those things that you used to do. But let the king be enthralled by your beauty and honor him, for he is your Lord. I was so struck by this, and I was like, Jesus, what is it about? What are the things that make your bride so compelling? Because like I said earlier, I know me, and I know my little brother and my little sister, and I know my boss. I know the people that I work with. 
And I'm like, Jesus, what is, the, what is it about us that you are so moved by, that you would give everything for, that you would actually put your seal of approval, your stamp, your holiness, your redemption inside of us to make us new? What is it? He's like, it's me. It's my blood. It's my love for you. You don't realize how special I believe I think you are. I didn't just make everything in my image, but I made people in my image. You are dear to my heart. I chose you for a holy purpose. So you have been chosen for a holy purpose. Whether Whatever kind of lifestyle you've been leading up to today, may it be the day of awakening right now. I'm called to a holy life. It's not a list of chores, being good for Jesus, but it's a renewed man, a renewed woman. I get to live in the splendor of his majesty. I get to set my eyes, my heart on him. He's my inheritance forever. This is what I crave. This is what I long for. It's what I look for. Are you with me? Holiness. It's a beautiful thing. And, but look, naturally, we're intimidated by the idea of holiness. And here's why. Because holiness repels wickedness. And it, and, it, and, it, and it chases it down, and it kills it. And it says it's not going to be allowed to stay. And so if you're, like me, intimidated by that thing, it's a natural thing. There's nothing wrong with your thinking there, but you have to, requi- it requires submission to supernatural means. So it's natural to not want it. That's why we have to surrender to God's Holy Spirit. He does the supernatural work. He does the unseen thing. He's the one who renews you. By the blood of Jesus, if you believe in that, then he said, I'm going to make you a new man, a new person we get to be. It's the holy transaction of his spirit on you, back in us. A holy transformation, it's a holy union. Do you know what, a, what else is a holy union? Like when I think about this, I equate it to a marriage. Let nothing separate. This is a covenant. This is a big deal. We're not just playing games here. I'm in this with you. I love you. I give you myself, my bare naked self for all that I am. This is a holy union, a beautiful thing, what we've been designed for. So it, it repels and vanquishes wickedness, but do you know what holiness also does? It draws forth and it inspires purity. I think of these guys who saw him, gotten these, you know, the people who walked with Jesus, let's just, they watched him do everything the Father wanted him to do. They watched him live in union with God's Holy Spirit like nobody had ever done before. And they watched him live and love them and live and love the Father with everything, in everything he did. And I just believe they were so moved by it. And he's like, I'm making the way for you to live this life too. You think of guys like Ezekiel and Isaiah who are caught up and they see like a heavenly vision and they're standing there at the throne of God and what do they do? They fall over like dead guys because they know who they are. Woe to me, I am ruined. For I'm a man of unclean lips, and my people are unclean. And then the Lord, in his beautiful kindness, it's like, sends that seraphim, touches his lips with that live coal, and he says, your guilt is taken away. Your sin is atoned for. Now who shall I send? And look at this transformation that happened in Isaiah's heart. 
Me, I will go. Make, let me go, please. There's the newness of life, the spark of urgency of life of man. I want to do what he wants. I want him to get what he wants. Holiness is starting to rise up. Like, I want to live, I'm excited about a holy life. And then Isaiah goes forth. And what does it cost Isaiah? His entire life. Because you know they killed that dude on the temple steps. But something about following Jesus was so worth it to him. He saw him. He beheld him as he is and was like, that is all that I was made for, all that I want. Every fiber of my being, I want it to point to Jesus. I want it to love God. I want to love God with, Jesus says, Mark 12, Mark 12, 31, let's go there. The most important one, he answered his disciples, is this. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord with Love the Lord your God with all of your what? Come on. All of your what? And your, and, does that sound like every stinking part of you? Every stinking part. And then love your neighbor as yourself. These two. Everything hangs on these two things. And, and I know because we're people. We get distracted so easily. We get caught up in all kinds of good things. Like, man, Jesus, you've gifted me with this, so this is what my life needs to be about. I'm going to go forth with the gift you gave, and I'm going to be the best. And that's, look, like part of that is okay. Part of that is right. But soon things get twisted and we get distracted. Like, man, my life has become solely about being the best or having the biggest impact. About, But no, 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 no. Your life was always meant to know him and to be known by him, to live in this holy union with him. And so I want to have a little fun with, with somebody I love dearly. I, uh, you guys ready to have some fun? Listen, I, just, I thought of this intro. I really believe the Lord gave me this intro right here. This man shares his name with Moses' brother, the OG priest of Israel. He comes from a dynasty of prayed-up, Holy Spirit-filled forebearers. His lineage goes all the way back to that of William Wallace. And to this day, he is still, he is still proclaiming and bringing a message for people to really live. Ladies and gentlemen, will you please help me welcome Pastor Aaron Wallace back up to the stage. The only reason he gave you that intro is he's making me do something stupid, FYI. I just want to throw that out. And Kenny, I need your help. We got to set this up. Oh, is Kenny gone again? Oh, he's right there. Last service, Aaron had to do this with a full-grown man on his shoulders, and it was, I can't move that. That's so heavy. Here, let's go this way a little bit more. That way a little bit more. So here's the thing. I want to, this may be a weak picture, but a holy life, a holy lifestyle is strikingly different than the rest of this world. Amen? And so we get so surprised. We get so discouraged. Like, no one else is doing what we're doing. Like, I don't know if this is the right thing. Am I in the will of God? I'm facing a lot of pushback. A holy lifestyle looks different. And Jesus called you and I to walk a narrow road, did he not? So we have a little illustration here because this is what you do in youth ministry and kids ministry. And Pastor Aaron has said yes to follow Jesus. Okay? So, but the thing about Pastor Aaron 
is he, let's just say he decided to enroll back into school. Okay, we got this book bag here full of textbooks and things for learning, all kinds of beautiful and good things, okay? I'm not preaching against good things here. I'm preaching against distraction, okay? Aaron has said yes to following Jesus. Not only is Aaron killing it in the academic world and really studying hard, Aaron is a super friendly guy and has all these buddies that want to be around him. Kenny, will you jump up on his shoulders there, please? Yeah, you guys are like, this is church. I'm excited about this. All right, come on up here. <laughs> Who's scared for him? Anybody? He'll be okay. The last service, he was a full-grown man up there. It was awesome. Okay, so Aaron, is, he's killed in the academic world. He's got all these relationships. His friends want to go where he goes. Not only that, but Aaron is a gifted musician, okay, an anointed worship leader. He serves every Wednesday night in the youth team. Oh, but hey, it's also football season. There you go. Now just look at him. Way down, burdened. But all these things are good things, okay? Please don't hear that I'm preaching against good things. Aaron, is that getting pretty heavy? It's getting pretty heavy. Jesus said, I want you to go where I call you. We just sang, Spirit, lead me. Take me where my feet are going to fail. Do you think it's a good idea for him to step out on this narrow plank right here? With my students, we had him do this with a two-by-four. So he's getting the easy version. No. He's going to have to shed some of those things. Look at all these things that he cares about. It's not wrong to care about. But when these things, these good things become distractions from living on purpose, seeking Jesus, knowing God, a holy lifestyle, there's no room for any of these extra things. Do you get me? So in order for him to do this, we're going to have to shed some weight. Oh, my God. <laughs> Can you, do you need help? Yeah, there you go. Give it up for Aaron and Kenny, everybody. Three services, baby. It's going to be good. You and I, we've been called and invited to walk a narrow road. And I just, the closer you get to Jesus, there's, he's not impressed by how good you are at the drums. He's not impressed by how many friends you have or what your impact is on social media or how big your ministry is or how many souls you saved. Because he didn't save one of them. But look, there's room for only me to come on here to follow Jesus. And that's all, that's what he gave everything for. And this is what it means to go forth in holiness. Nothing else is worth bringing with you. First Peter 2. First Peter 2, 11 through, 30, through 25. Let's, let's go there real quick. We're almost done. You guys doing okay? Who wants to see Aaron get back up there? Actually, let's, let's, let's read um, chapter 2, verse 9. Right here, the Lord says of his people, his people, you and me, you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession. Look, I haven't been telling you this just to, make, to puff up your heads and 
and to make you big-headed about this thing and arrogant, but he said it of you. I love you. I give others in ransom for you. Isaiah 43, you are mine. I've called you. I know you. You are my special possession that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into wonderful light. Let's jump down to 11. Peter has so much to say on holiness. And I just believe it's because he watched Jesus. He watched Jesus so closely. And he saw that Jesus' life, man, that's real life. Jesus is never discouraged about anything. Jesus is never scared of anything. Peter saw this and was like, what that is? And Jesus saying, this is for you too? Peter's like, oh, then I want it. Then I'm in. We know he wasn't perfect, but man, what an example. And listen to these words. Dear friends, I urge you as foreigners and exiles. Just pause right there for just a second. Foreigners and exiles, somebody who's like in an unfamiliar place or not home where they should be. Do you know that you and I, believers, where is our home? We, we, We think it's Kansas, but it's wherever he is. He is our home. And if you're called to be a living ambassador in this world, then you are a foreigner in a crooked society, guys. And the world looks at you differently, and they look at you funny, and they ridicule you. But that doesn't stop, that that doesn't change who you are. And to get hung up on that, that's a tragedy. But listen, abstain from sinful desires which wage war against your soul. There it is again. He's got a sword on his side, his bow, his arrows at the bow. Waging war, the inner tension. And then I love this one. Live such good lives among pagans that though they accuse you, they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day that he visits us. This is crazy. Let them. If they're going to accuse you, let them. Because they're going to look at your life and they're going to be like, All we can do is spout lies. Guess what? That's all they could do about Jesus. Submit yourselves for the Lord's sake to every human authority, whether to the emperor as the supreme authority or to governors who are sent by him to punish those who do wrong and to commend those who do right. For it is God's will that by doing good you should silence the ignorant talk of foolish people. Look at this. Here's what holiness looks like too. Live as free people. But don't use your freedom for a cover-up as evil. Live as God's slaves. That's intense verbiage right there. Show proper respect to everyone. Love the family of believers. Fear God and honor the emperor. If you want to know, like, Jesus, how do I do this? This everything inside of me is really uncomfortable with this. Then I want to invite you today. I just want to pray for you and we're gonna we're gonna pray and then we're gonna be dismissed and thank you guys for coming come back tonight for the groundbreaking ceremony but if this is like something that you've wrestled man holiness whatever for whatever reason I'm intimidated by that or maybe you saw it as I saw it as a list of God's chores (sighs) redeem me God you have redeemed my whole 
being, my heart, my mind, my soul, my body, my emotions and desires, my inmost being, my will, my intellect, my thought life, my physicality, the strength of my being, every part you died to make holy. Just open your hands. Father, I I thank you that there is nothing convenient about this. There has to be a dynamic transformation. We open our heart to you and we say, God, come and have your way. Make us holy as you are holy. I thank you, God, for the grace that you have showed, the abundance of grace that you would call us holy. God, make me holy. Show me how to live unto you. Every every fiber of my being. God, I'm sorry for the things I got distracted by. I lay them down. I give them to you. I surrender them to you. God, make me holy. Holy yours. In the way I talk to people, in the way I drive down the freeway, in the way that I am at work, Make me holy. Help me live holy, Jesus. Because holiness is so much better. It's the way. It's what I was made for. God, make me holy. I plead. Help me live holy. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. We love you, Reliance. Have a great Sunday. Go and live holy. Thank you so much for tuning in for today's word. We hope that it continues to encourage you and bless you as you go about your day-to-day. And until then, we will see you next Sunday. Have a great week.